What's up? This is your girl, T. As a black woman in her 30s, I'm constantly trying to figure out life. But the one time of the week where it all seems to come together is on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, that's right, when I talk with my girls at brunch over a glass of champagne. I created this podcast to bring good vibes and open dialogue about various topics from mental health, relationships, personal development, the workspace, to the bubbly that happened over the weekend. Sundays are a time for celebration, rest, and reflection. So welcome to Champagne Sunday. Grab a glass, pop a bottle, and get ready to pour it up. Champagne Sunday is pleased to provide you with social media content for your personal education and informational purposes. Reliance on any information provided by Champagne Sunday or by any person or professional appearing on this podcast is solely at your own risk. Hey, 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 it's Champagne Sunday and it's your girl T and welcome back to another episode. I am so excited to be here this Sunday. It's actually... I don't know. This Sunday is kind of like gloomy to me. I'm in the house this weekend, not doing much, but I hope that you all are, you know, doing our four R rest, relaxation, reflection, and recharging for the, the weekend. And actually, the funny thing is, is Monday is a holiday for some. It's President's Day. So people have, you know, Monday off. And so maybe you're able to engage in a full blown Sunday fun day. You know what I'm saying? You know, I've mentioned this before that we really like to do Sunday fun days up in DC. We have the best of times. It's a whole process, there's levels to this shit. So, you know, we always start with brunch. Then after brunch, we gotta do the after brunch spot, which is usually a place that's kind of like finished brunch, but they got music and a DJ. And then after the little after brunch spot, we gotta go to a hookah spot. Then after the hookah spot, it might be another spot. And it just kind of keeps going from there. It depends on what level of a Sunday fun day. Again, there's levels. So we may not do a um a all type of night out Sunday fun day if we got work in the morning, but when it's a holiday and it's Monday, why not? Let's go full out. Let's act like it's Saturday. You know what I'm saying? Like let's do the things and let's do them well. Okay. So I hope you're having a great uh Sunday so far. You're resting and all of that good stuff. Welcome back to another episode of Champagne Sunday. I'm so glad to be here with you all. I'm so glad. It's kind of skipped out last week, but you know, we're back full of facts. You know, we don't, we don't, we even though when we miss an episode, we still don't skip a beat. We don't miss no beats over here. You know, we we real cool. We real good. Gucci. But I'm glad that you're tuning in. And so what are you drinking? Like, what are you having? Like, what's in your cup? Because I want to know how you're pouring it up. I really have to know because I over here, right? So I've been doing some new content. I hope you checked it out. If you have not, please go to my Instagram page, um, which is Champagne Sunday Podcast on Instagram and go in and look and see all that wonderful content i got i'm making different drinks and cocktails for you all so because i really want you to have a libation while you're listening to this podcast and so i'm giving you some recipes and cocktails if you don't know how to mix it up if you're just tired of the plain old mimosa and the champagne and orange juice i got something for you i'm about to spice it up i've been making some really good drinks so i can't wait to show you all what i've been working on i actually released one a day it was a little french 75 connection or i'm about to say french connection but it was a french 75 
um, with Hennessy. You know, I love, I'm a Hennessy girl. I love me some Hennessy. So we had that in there. Um, and actually what I'm drinking on today, see, I just be making up shit and see, that's my issue. That's why I can't really be giving people recipes. Cause I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I put in there. It just tastes good. So, uh, I had some rosé, right? Some leftover rosé. Cause I was doing a champagne and it wasn't touching like it was yesterday. So I said, I'm gonna do something different. So I put, I ended up making like a French connection. If you don't know, a French connection is Hennessy and Grand Marnier. And then I did that. Then I said, I want a little sweetness. I put a little dash of pineapple juice and topped it off with champagne. Now we have a French connection mimosa. So long story short, I am a mixologist slash bartender and I know how to spice up a good mimosa because we're tired of the regular orange juice and champagne. And to think about that recently, like maybe like two, three weekends ago, I went to this new place in DC called Uncaged Mimosas, right? No ad, no advertisement, because honestly, I would not recommend you to go there. Uncaged Mimosas in DC. When you think of uncaged mimosas, right? What do you think of when you hear the words uncaged mimosas? What do you think of? Because I personally think of endless mimosas, right? Like the mimosas are uncaged. I'm thinking this is a beyond bottomless. Like this is where we're going out wild. You know, when you think of somebody's uncaged, it's chaotic, it's wild, it's a good time. Girl, these mimosas was locked up. They was caged. <laughs> they was caged and they were, it was no getting out. It was no getting out. It was no getting out. Um, first of all, the mimosas, I think for a regular orange and, you know, mimosa, like which orange juice and champagne, it was like, $15 for a regular mimosa for one. Then if you wanted to spice it up, they did have some cool recipes. Nothing that honestly stuck out to me that I can remember. They had some tropical ones, some with rum. Those started like at $17. And then you add on the gratuity. We were at the bar and gratuity at the bar was like 10, 20%. When you think about it, you done spent like $20 for one mimosa. And it's like, <laughs> not I, no, I'm not doing that. This is, I was like, y'all got to release the mimosas because this is too much. Not only were they caged mimosas, they also, to me, was just regular. It was like, it wasn't giving what I really need when I think about mimosas. And I was very disappointed. And I'm like, when people have concepts in DC, they love to do TikToks, which I'm thinking about getting a TikTok. You know, I'm gonna do a poll and be like, should I get a TikTok for Champagne Sunday podcast? I don't really wanna go into TikTok because I'm like, first of all, I don't want them stealing my identity. I don't know, I got, you know, I don't, I don't want it. And I also don't want to get like hooked because every I see everybody, even my mom has a TikTok and she watches TikToks all day. And it's like, it looks like it's addicting. But if people are on there all day, that means they can be on there watching my content, right? So I'm like, my friend Amanda's like, you should get a TikTok girl. And I'm like, I don't know. Um, but all I have to say is that people on TikTok be advertising these restaurants in DC and they're saying like, oh my gosh, they're so amazing. And you go there and it's just such a disappointment and such a waste of money. And so that's why I advocate eat at home, eat and drink at home, buy the stuff and make it at home. Can, and also, can we bring back, can we bring back kickbacks? Can we bring back game nights? Because nobody wants to host to entertain no more. And I think we need to bring back kickbacks in, a, in a game nights because we need to eat at home. We need to eat and drink at home. I'm an advocate. Can I get a shirt? Eat and drink at home. I'm going for it. <laughs> All right, so let me take a sip. Cheers to Champagne Sunday and to, you know, 
having a restful and relaxed Sunday, you know, turn up, cheers, bubbly, sparkling, you know, we do it all. Yeah, that right there is good. Okay, so uh, this episode, I want to talk about triggers. Yeah, I want to talk about triggers. Um, Don't know. So, okay, this is what sparked this. So if you have been anywhere on social media, you have seen all of the posts about Chris Brown and Keely. I don't want to make sure I'm saying her right name right. I don't feel like doing the research right now. But it's like Keely from 3LW, right? That's her name, Keely. I hope I'm saying it right. So you've seen, you've probably seen it. If not, I'm going to fill you in. But I, I want to have this conversation because a friend brought this up to me because last night we had a conversation about triggers and then we started talking about Chris Brown and it all was full circle. And he was definitely like, you know what? You can look at it into a deeper aspect. And I was like, you know what? You're right. So I was like, let's talk about it. So we're going to talk about it today. So to start off, you know, we always have our bubbly, right? Our bubbly. And so our bubbly today, what would our bubbly today be? I saw a quote, I think about, oh, I know what it was. Okay, so <laughs> I created my own bubbly today. So, you know, I think, so my bubbly for today <laughs> that I created, or I want to share, is that I think self-awareness is the first step to protecting your peace and your energy when feeling triggered. So being aware of your triggers to me is the first step to being able to protect your peace and to be able to protect your energy and just maintain good mental health. I think that is the first step is just being aware, right? But then you get to a point of, okay, now I'm aware of my trigger. I know this made me you know, feel disappointed, upset, rejected, or hurt. What do I do next? And I think that's where people are stuck. And that's where we find ourselves with Chris Brown, right? So this Chris Brown situation, what happened was, right? I'm going to try to give you my rundown, T with the T. You know, we don't do that often here, but hey, this is what we're doing today. Um, so basically the rundown from what I've got, and I might have missed some stories and loot holes, but this is what I pieced together from the story. So Chloe Bailey, which, you know, Chloe and Hallie, they have their group duo. They're like the Beyonce prodigies or prodigies, whatever you want to say. And they, you know, they've been doing their own thing. And so Chloe is her upcoming debut album is coming out in March. And so she's been releasing all of these singles. And so her newest or latest single is a collab with none other than Chris Brown, Chris Breezy. And we all know Chris Brown. We kind of grew, if you're my around my age, you kind of grew up with Chris Brown low key. You know, he's he's our age. Um, and we've known that he has a tumultuous past with getting in trouble, not only with domestic abuse with Rihanna, but also domestic abuse with Karuchi and some of his other relationships and just kind of being what we would say the problem child and the bad boy, just always constantly getting in trouble. But as of late, and I would say maybe these past two years, he's probably been on more of the up and up in the straight and narrow. And he's been doing a lot of different collaborations, mending fences with people like Drake and doing different collabs with people like Little Baby and other um, notable rap artists. And he's just been really doing his thing and having a lot of hits. And I think even right now he has like a sold out tour, right? So Chloe is doing this collab with Chris Brown, right? 
And so with that, with that collab, and I think even recently people were upset about Chris not getting nominated for a Grammy or something that I don't really have the details about that, but I know that he still has a really good following and has built up his fan base, even despite the domestic violence and the, the trouble he has been in in the past. So he has this collab with Chloe and with this collab that he has <laughs> with Chloe, it sparks a lot and people are outraged and saying that Chloe shouldn't have done this collab with him because it is inconsiderate to people who have experienced domestic violence. It kind of turns the back to all the things that he's done, that it goes into the fact that she, it's kind of indirectly supporting the chaos and the domestic violence and things that he's done in the past. And so with that being said, a lot of people were really upset that she would do this, right? And so there was split concern. Some people were saying it's not fair that Chloe gets this backlash when Chris has been collaborating with a lot of male artists who people have just liked the songs and have not said anything. Why does Chloe get this backlash? And there's other people who are saying, well, Chloe has a larger responsibility because she's a woman, she's a black woman, she should know better, this is not a good look for her. So there's kind of been a split on this whole back and forth about Gordon Chloe and this whole shebang, right? So how do we get Keely? See, I'm gonna fuck her name. <laughs> so how do we get Keely in this mess, right? So let me tell you. So this is what Keely said. And this is what I also say to you. This is where I feel like jumping on the bandwagon always kind of goes a little crazy, right? So basically, Keely comes in and she says, let him come out with his own record. So genius, so captivating that it makes us all forget he beats women. He can't, so he won't. So what does he do? He slowly creeps back into the mainstream by getting small nods for features on Black women's merit. Black women who are more talented, more worthy, but give him the okay. I'm swatting the fucking air right now. Garbage. All right. So that's what Keely said. That was her tweet. And Chris did not take kindly to that tweet. Chris was definitely upset about the tweet. And at first, you know, Chris Brown, if you if you are in the social media realm, if you know anything, Chris Brown can be hilarious with his clapbacks, with the things that he says. He gives no Fs. He's very much out there in full throttle. So in the beginning, it was kind of funny because he was like, writing things on Instagram about like, I'm getting kind of tired of your broken promises, promises. Like, <laughs> and he wrote it like that. He didn't even say it. He wrote it like P-R-O-M-I-T-H-I-S, promises, promises. Like he wrote it like that. And people were, and if you know anything about 3LW, you know that Keely has a gap in the list when she was growing up. So that was how she rapped that part of 3LW song. So he was just being petty, saying things like that. He obviously um, came back and I'll, I'll read a little bit. He said, obviously you are at a point in your life where either you are very broke or broken. The fact you think you have to speak negatively about me makes you look so lame. Your life and career must suck right now. Minding your business would have been best, but I guess you don't have a business or a real job that makes you financially stable. I feel more embarrassed for you and your actual maturity. And then he said, stop it. And then he also was going in on her because 
recently Keely, for some reason, I don't know why. And I'm going to be honest with you. Keely is the only 3LW who did not make it. Like, she's the only one struggling. And, I, I mean, everybody got their own struggle. But she's the only one who's struggling and doing stuff like this. And recently she did an interview with Carlos King because she was on um, a show. She was on the show where they had a song or whatever. Um, it was kind of, and I'm being, I, it was kind of like the, I don't want to say rejects, but it was kind of like the women of girl groups who they came together and they decided to create a new girl group. It was people from Danny Kane and people from 702 and they all came together to create a girl group. It was Nivea and everybody or whatever. And so she had an interview, Carlos King created the show. So she had an interview with him. And in that interview, Keely has said something about, she had a, threesome with or i guess it's a foursome but she had um a group orgy with three yeah three members of b2k which would be jay book rasby and fizz she had it with that and so chris brown took fast forward to now he took it upon and was calling her like amtrak and choo-choo and train again all hilarious things even the thing that to me is hilarious and i think for others and i say hilarious lightly like light things right like not really digging because it's like people can come with comebacks off of things that you've said and that are true and it's kind of like it's just a clap back but when people start to say things that are like mean or malicious towards like who you are as a person or when people start bringing in kids and stuff i think that it becomes not so much funny but the th comments that he had in the beginning were very much comical. I think a little hilarious. They were light. They were things that we already knew about her. Nothing that he was kind of bringing out. And he also put a post like, he was like, why are you rehashing old stuff, right? Which is relevant. A lot of people wanted to know, why is everybody going so crazy about Chloe? And Chloe has honestly, this is a, could be another topic of discussion. Chloe has gotten so much backlash from just being her and just being a, a young, attractive, sexy artist. And she's gotten so, and I don't know if it's because Chloe sings and she does R&B. And so it's kind of like, and I'm, we're going to get it kind of get into that. I don't know if it's because we don't expect you to be like this because you're an R&B singer, not a rapper, but it's just so weird or because we didn't, we weren't introduced to you this way and we know you to be kind of from childhood, but she gets a lot of, a lot of flack and people just don't understand why they're just so mad about it, right? Just so, so mad. All of that being said, things were light and then things took a turn. Chris Brown then went on to post multiple pictures of random and i say random white man because some of these white people are white men i did not know of i'm gonna be honest with you i was like i don't know who these people are but then he went on to he name dropped a lot of uh white celebs so not just black love but white celebs who have been accused of domestic violence and he just kept saying he's like if y'all still hate me for a mistake i made as a 17 year old please kiss my whole entire ass if I'm fucking, I'm fucking 33, I'm so tired of y'all running with the narrative, you're weird. And basically he just saying that niggas are the same ones that tune in every week to see Blueface and Christian Rock and beat the fuck out of each other in front of the world, but that's okay. And he just started posting all of these white celebs who engaged in domestic violence from Ozzy Osbourne, Char uh, Charlie Sheen, uh, Mel Gibson. He was just posting all of them, right? And he also mentioned Christian Rock and Blueface. 
So this is where it gets sticky. Uh, how sticky does it get? Um, I think this is where it kind of got sticky and it goes into what we're talking about with triggers because clearly in this situation, Chris Brown was triggered, right? Anybody could see that he was triggered and that this was a sensitive topic to him because he probably still does carry baggage. Do we know if Chris Brown really has changed or improved? I would say, I would argue that perhaps that because I I only say because he isn't getting in as much trouble as he used to. Like there was a time where Chris Brown would be in the the blogs and the headlines every week. And we don't see that. So in my opinion, something has to change. And you can't say like, oh, maybe we're just not seeing it because now we're living in a world where everybody has their camera. Everybody sees everything. And if you're doing it, people see it. I don't know. Does it mean that he got better at hiding it? Maybe, but Chris Brown to me never was the hiding type. He was more of the impulsive type. So even if he's not as impulsive as he was, that's a change. That's an improvement. Um, And if we were in therapy, I would say, okay, maybe you still do X, Y, Z, but you're not as impulsive as you were. Maybe you think now before you actually engage in the behavior, right? You You don't do it as much as you used to. It's an improvement. So with that being said, Thinking about change and when people have maybe transitioned, are they trying, at least trying to do better? And I, so we're going to give Chris the benefit of doubt and say that maybe he's trying to do better, right, in this situation. We don't know 100% because we don't know Chris, but we're going to say maybe he's trying, right? Anytime someone's trying to do better or trying to correct the old behavior, and here comes someone saying, well, <laughs> I remember when you used to be out in the... And it's kind of, it's a trigger, right? It's a trigger. If you are on trying to go to church more and you're trying to do more in the church or you're trying to be more consistent and maybe working out or doing whatever and people and someone in your life says, well, I remember when you used to eat donuts every damn day and go to McDonald's. Or I remember when you ain't never want to go to church and I would be the one going to church. It is triggering because it's like, why do we have to bring or hash up what I used to do or what you are, are that thing, right? Why do we have to bring that up? It is triggering for a person. And clearly Keely saying this to Chris Brown was triggering because he went on a complete rant. Anytime that we're in a position where someone is triggering us, we will be we may lash out and we've seen it a lot of times with like celebrities like Cardi B, whenever people say something, she goes on this whole rant and this tangent of reposting, posting, posting, posting and talking um, because she's triggered. And we see this with Chris and I think it started off okay of like, okay, he's clearly upset. He's making jokes and making light of it, but then it gets to be a little bit different and serious when he starts to bring in the white celebrities and he starts to talk about Blueface and Christian Rock. Now, if you know anything about anything, you know that Blueface and Christian Rock is controversial. However, they're very much liked and popular in TikTok and social media and mainstream culture when we're thinking about just like influencers and social media, right? And so there are two young couples, if you don't know, Blueface is a rapper and then he dates a, a woman named Christian Rock and they're in their 20s and they engage with each other very dysfunctionally, a lot of physical and emotionally emotional abuse, yet they're still together um, th- throughout all of this dysfunction. It's been video recorded and captured multiple times of them both hitting each other and fighting and it's just kind of become a little normalized and desensitized when it comes to them because we've seen it so much, which also isn't good that it has been. 
And so Chris points this out and say, y'all look at this shit. Like in, believe it or not, Christian Rock and Blueface, despite their dysfunction, it landed them their own reality show. And so he's saying, y'all support this shit. Y'all look at it, but me, y'all don't. Now, Blueface came out, and again, sometimes you look at people's personas and you think they're not really educated, they can't really articulate themselves or get their points across, but I think Blueface really was able to get his point across and articulate it pretty well, and he basically was saying, Chris, when you, I get it that you're frustrated by what Keely said, but hey, bro, when you put other people in it, it's very immature, and this is my words, not his, but basically, it's very immature because because you're pointing the finger instead of taking accountability. You're like, oh, if they did it, why are you mad at me? They did it. And so it's kind of immature. And he's saying, regardless if I did it or whoever does it, you need to take accountability of like, you did it, bro. Like you did engage in domestic violence. It doesn't matter if other people get away with it. And he gave this uh, like metaphor comparing to like people who do crime. And if we both did, if we both did crime and usually we get different times or different sentences and you can't really beg the judge and be like, well, he did it too. And I did this part. Like, that's just not how life works, bro. Like you have to be an adult and take accountability. You did it. So whether you get five years or 10 years, you fucking did it. So you got to take accountability for it. And I think, honestly, it was interesting that, I mean, it made sense. And I think that was a lot of what a lot of people were saying about Chris. I personally, and just my thoughts about it, I, I do agree of like taking accountability is the best. I don't know who Chris's publicist is because, uh, because um, sometimes celebrities probably don't listen to their publicist anyways. But I think it would have been okay for him to start off like how he did, like the funny light jokes, but then turn around and maybe take accountability and say, I'm trying to do better in that area. Or I've learned a lot since then. I'm a different person. Or saying that and just kind of leaving it. I think he did say that, but it's like saying it and leaving it there instead of dragging other people. Because when you bring other people into it, and I have this conversation with my clients all the time about accountability. And I think it's accountability is hard. Even I struggle with accountability when you try to blame and put things on others, even though you're trying to, I think what Chris is trying to do is highlight the unjust or the unfairness of the world, which I think is a really great point because this whole conversation is unfair because why are we talking about this? Like Chris has been living on a rock and hasn't created music since you know, 16, 17 years ago, or even people are saying, well, you know, you know, people are also defuting. And I guess I could say this too, that it's not just about Rihanna, right? It's not just about that he hit Rihanna like 15 to 16 years ago. It's also the fact that he was in a relationship with Karuchi, who she had to get a restraining order from him because he like pushed her down the stairs. They had domestic violence. He's engaged in different colorism antics and said different negative things regarding colorism. He's also, I guess, has held people to gun. I don't, honestly, I don't even remember him holding somebody to gunpoint, but honestly wouldn't be surprised because again, it was a point where Chris Brown was in the media and the headlines week after week, right? And so people were saying it's not just 15, 16 years ago. It's stuff five years ago, Chris, that you was fucking doing that was abusive and violent. And what I think is unfair is like, you're right. Maybe, you know, all of those things could be true, but y'all have been supporting him. Like, I want to look at, I want to look at, and, and this is why I think, yes, Chris Brown pointing out the finger to the white celebs in Christian and Blue Rock is 
is not taking accountability but also too is it because he because the only thing is if he had said i take full accountability for the things that i've done but i look at these things and i see that it's unfair that other people aren't as chastised for the things that they've done that are similar to what i've done because to be honest the blue face point both of their points were very valid Chris's point was valid about Blueface. Y'all do support Blueface and Christian Rock, and they beat on each other all the time, and it's uh, it's very dysfunctional. And Blueface's point is accurate too. Chris, you got to take accountability. But also, it's like, why are we? Why is this even a fucking conversation? Because if I go, I'm gonna go to my music, right? Actually, I just had, Chris Brown put out an album last summer because I was listening to that. I'm gonna be honest, I was listening. Yeah, he put out Breezy, 2002, right? So. First of all, Chris Brown has had songs with Usher. Come on now. He's had, in his last album, he has songs with Fabio, Lil Wayne. He had her, LMA, Jack Harlow. I don't know if it was because it was his songs and not the person's songs, but her and LMA have worked with Chris Brown. Did they get flack? So it's just like so weird when social media and bots pick things to like say and i think they love to pick on chloe bailey i just they just really do who was who else is in here it's just so it's so many different songs because his last album i promise you not it was so many um features but yeah it was definitely like little wayne yeah it was blue it was just like all kinds of different people was in his music He's had different ones. Even Wizkid. Wizkid and him had like a, a huge fucking hit. Uh Call Me Every Day. Every and it went everybody was everybody was now I'm thinking about stuff. Everybody was doing a damn TikTok to call me every day. <laughs> so it's to me, it's just weird. Then somebody tried to say, like, oh, Chloe and Chris has different fan base, but I'm like, I'm not really sure if their fan base is that distinct. It's not like Chloe has 40 year old women and Chris has, you know, the young crowd. Like, I that is not even true. So I don't, I don't really understand why Chloe has gotten so much backlash from this collab with chris brown when we've all been listening dancing having a fucking good time to chris brown even shortly after the whole rihanna thing there were hits that he made that we were all listening to and loved so i i think i don't understand why this is happening the only thing i can say is again it's sexist one because i think a lot of the collabs he's had have been with men and i think men do get a pass sometimes for things a lot of things in the industry i also think that is also a fact that chloe isn't a rapper that chloe is r&b artist and she's more sexy and more free with a lot of the things that she says the way that she shows and expresses herself and shows her body and i think that a lot of people they don't really like it when when female rappers do it and so i think they also have a hard time when chloe is doing it and maybe also because she again started off as a childhood star i'm not sure but i just think that it is definitely it is unfair and i think chris was trying to point out how unfair it is when you think about triggers and you think about being triggered and even the other day i think i was i was triggered by a comment that a friend made about me always going out that has to me has been a trigger 
for maybe two to three years now where if someone says maybe actually five but someone says something about you know tanisha you always go out or tanisha you're always you're never in the house or you do that i hate that because I think I hate it for two reasons because one, it's a, it's a, um, it's an all or nothing statement. It's like you always or you never. That's first of all, it's not true. Two, I'm very much balanced in my life. Yes, I do go out. Yes, I do have fun, but I also stay in the house. Like this weekend, I've been in the house all, almost all of January. I was in the house for the, except the last two weeks. So when someone says you're always doing this, you're always it irks the shit out of me because my ex used to tell me that all the time like you're always out when in reality going and hanging out with friends for me has always been a coping strategy but it's not something that I feel like um I do all the time because I feel like the word all the time is really strong to say some that to say that someone does something all the time is to me a strong word because that's not true now to say tanisha you like to go out true i do tanisha you like to plan to go out and do things true tanisha would you rather be in the house or having fun outside it depends on the weekend <laughs> it, it honestly does it depends on the weekend and how i feel about getting dressed it may depend on the weekend but some people will say and then it was also this thing of well, if I called up, you know, seven people right now, they would say this about you. But it's also like, okay, they could say that about me, but I know me better than other people know me. Like, I like how people know you and what they think of you is how they perceive you. Most of the time, people will perceive you off of things that they see online. One time, I had a friend who I thought who who I thought at the time, like you know, better than to, to, to ask this. But I had a, a friend who said, you know. You, every time I see your post, you always out. I'm like, when does she work? And I'm like, it's Instagram. So I'm only going to post when I go out. I'm not going to post. First of all, I'm a psychologist, so I'm not going to post. I just kind of started getting into ways of posting content that isn't that doesn't break confidentiality. But I'm a psychologist, so there's only so much I can show what I do at work, right? And so it's the fact that what else would I be posting on social media other than like when I go out on the weekend or I do something. So if you look at Tanisha and you see that oh, the only thing that Tanisha posts is her going out, you're going to perceive like, oh, Tanisha always goes out. And so when in me, I'm like, I have really good, in my head, I'm like, I have really good balance. You know, I can stay home or I can go out. I can stay home or I can go out. That is a trigger for me. So I had to have a conversation with the person, right? So the thing is, is that when a person you know or you're having a conversation with triggers you, and when I said earlier, it's like, what do you do next? The what do you do next is letting the person know that you have that you're triggered. Now, in my conversation, the person got upset. And they were like, well, that's not what I meant. And you're ruining the energy. And that's not how I was trying to come off. And I was trying to have good energy. And I had to, and I had got off the phone, but then got back on because I was like, let's like, and this is what I said, like, let's look, let's, let's have a conversation because the fact that I can't tell you when I'm triggered and it now ruins the whole mood and is, it's ridiculous to me. And there have been instances with people who, when a certain topic and again everybody can be triggered right so even in that conversation maybe me explaining to a person that i'm feeling upset another person could that could be a trigger to another person where they're like this person is complaining or this person is being having negative energy or this person isn't like 
sometimes people think confrontation and I statements and saying how you feel is is negative. They think confrontation is bad, no matter what type that me expressing how I feel in this moment is bad. Stop. It's negative. No, don't do it. Ah! Scream. People really think and they retreat and they look at you and be like, you're negative and you're being bad. And like, this is stop and I can't take this. And they avoid and they run. What I've learned is that people who look at conf- or who look at conflict and confrontation as a problem or where they need to run away or they need to avoid probably never had conversations and communication when they were growing up. Their family patterns of how to deal with problems was probably to avoid, not talk about it, or to distract or to do something different. Because if you ever find yourself with a person, whether it's a friend or someone in a relationship where they start to get upset or angry about you talking about your feelings and just saying it and they feel like you're blaming them for something, even if you're using an I statement, right? And I realize this and you're talking in a calm voice because I was and they're starting to get irritated and agitated, they probably have not dealt well with confrontation. Like they don't know, they ha- they associate confrontation with negativity and confrontation doesn't have to be negativity. Like I, if I, if we and you are good and we're in a good space, right? And even if, you know, I'm triggered, right? But I may know that your intentions weren't to trigger me, but I need to tell you that, yo, that right there was triggering and this is why. If we're good places, right, mentally, and we can receive and give, right? So I can tell you, like, yo, that was a trigger for me. And you can give and say, yo, I didn't realize that. But, you know, when you say certain things like that, I just, I think, like, it's a, it's the energy changes. And I don't like how the energy change. But for me, what I had to do was just pretty much say, it's like, we can still have, we can still have fun after this conversation. Like we can still, but I also am going to give you a space. Like if you feel like you can't, then you can't, but I would hope that you can be flexible to be able to have confrontation and conversations about conflict and still be able to engage further. Some people can't, some people are stuck in whatever happened and they, their whole mood changes and they can't. Some people need. And in that situation, my friend was open and saying, Tanisha, now you know, I I don't really have much to say because, you know, my mood has changed. And so can you lead the conversation? And you have to receive it. Understanding like that would that would be someone communicating their space that they need, right? Their need, right? I can appreciate that. Fine. I took over the conversation. Took over the conversation and started making kind of joke, funny things. And then soon the energy shifted back. So, and to me, I think that's healthy relationships where you're able to address a conflict, you're able to talk about it, you're able to express however you feel in that moment, both persons, and then you're still able to move on. And honestly, if you're not able to move on in that moment, you're able to respect and give that person a break and space, and then maybe move on in time. But you're never avoiding completely where you're not coming back. And I think that's what people like to do is that they feel that telling about your feelings and that you're triggered is like, oh my God, I don't, oh my God, again, you're triggered. What are you triggered about? And that's not like a good person or <laughs> friend. Um, you have to be able to communicate better. 
Um, and I'm learning and I'm really learning what that means because I feel like I've always said, I've always said, I, I need communication in my relationships, but I'm really learning what that means. And it means for me, I'm learning that it means that you keep your voice at a calm and even tone T that you're patient, even when you're irritated, that even when you feel that urge, like sometimes you feel that urge, like you just want to hang up the phone or you just want to leave that you stay that you stay and you talk about it and that you try to, to talk to the person and get the person to see your opinion without being mean and malicious and angry. And I think that honestly, it is coming along. <laughs> it's coming along. It's coming along. It's a work in progress for sure. But all of that to say that I think Chris Brown was for sure triggered and Unfortunately, Chris Brown doesn't have a relationship with Keely where he can talk about, hey, girl, hey, hey, boo, I was triggered. He doesn't have that relationship. And so, unfortunately, the horrible thing about social media is that people post on social media and that's how they cope. And that, and honestly, it was a coping mechanism. Like, how do I cope with, you know, someone triggered me? And I think that's good, too. How do I cope the fact that someone triggered me and I don't have access to tell them or... The only way to reach out to them may be to publicly say it on social media. My response would be to tell and talk about it with a friend, talk about it with a family member, talk about it with your therapist, your psychologist, talk about it in other ways that may be helpful. I think that would be definitely the way to handle handle triggers and figure out how to cope with them. That is definitely a way. And I always say this before we leave today, boundaries 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 baby another way is chris could have just logged off log the fuck off <laughs> log off log off you don't have to be on instagram today you don't have to read what people are saying and you don't have to comment what do you control in the situation you control yourself and when controlling yourself you can always set boundaries and say no you can log off you can stop communicating with the person you can tell the person you need space you need break you need time because if they're not hearing or getting it or you're not able to communicate that to them, you can set boundaries for yourself, for your health. And you also, too, when you're someone like Chris Brown, give it to somebody else who can handle it. You know, something setting boundaries could also be, I'm going to let my publicist handle this. I'm not going to get in it. You know, I'm, I'm going to let, you know, whoever else, whoever supportive person you have in your circle to handle it. I'm not doing it. You know, or at least I'm not doing it today. So with that being said, that was this episode of Champagne Sunday. I hope that you have a really great Sunday. How am I going to pour into myself this week? Mm. Ooh, how am I going to pour into myself this week? That's a good question. Um, I'm watching TV this week. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to catch up on some TV. I don't watch Love After Lockup. If you haven't watched it, you need to. It's really good. Um, I'm gonna watch Love After Lockup. I finished that just before I did this. Um, I also finished Sisters, Tyler Perry Sisters. I'm telling you, Sisters is good. Sisters is really good. I also got to catch up on The Queensman. Now, the shows that I watch are very like kind of trashy and ratchet, but I really think they're a good um, another outlet and coping skill for me. I'm gonna catch up on The Queensman with Eva Marcellas. Um, I'm also gonna eventually start the 1619 project um that's more refined um i'm gonna do that i also have to finish harlem i'm on the it was a i'm also gonna finish harlem that was i'm on the second episode i keep pausing it it's, it's kind of okay 
And then also got to look at um, Growing Up Hip Hop. I don't know why I watch that shit, but I watch it. I got to finish that. And uh, yeah. And I never did go back to watch Queen Sugar. And I'm pretty sure the season ended and it's like the finale. And I need to go back and watch Queen Sugar. I don't know if I'll be able to do that this weekend. But that is definitely on my list to go and watch Queen Sugar. And I kind of did want to watch some movies. I wanted to watch that J-Lo movie. Um, Shotgun Wedding. I did want to watch that. I got to catch up on the new episode of Abbott Elementary. That's a lot. I think I gotta keep me busy this weekend. See, I don't always go out. <laughs> All right. And so uh, with that being said, this is the uh, end of the episode. I feel like I'm going to do, you ever watch, uh, and if you've not seen me, but um, my wife and kids is like, eh, 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 goodbye. All right, peace, y'all. <laughs> Have a good Sunday. Bye. Oh, and also, check out our social media page and all the great content that's on it. All right, now it's bye for real. Peace.